magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Okay. Uh, uh, hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Touch Arcade Show, episode number. Uh, loading, 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 finding that out now. I think 552? we're 552. Let's place a bet on it quick before it loads. This is episode 552. Um, uh, yeah, 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 huh? yeah. How you feeling? I... I well, I don't know. I just got like one of those like freak headaches where I thought it might have in the process of having some kind of stroke or something, and I just like hate took a bunch of Advil and laid down for an hour and feel fine now. So well, that's um, good. I feel like there's so much drama to talk about this week. I don't even know where to start. Oh, good. Well, drama, drama's good. Um, well, I so I feel like we talked about Justin Roiland before, right? Oh, yeah, when he was canceled. <laughs> Did he? Did you check this guy's uh or did this pop up I on the radar? statement his, that he posted. His attempted self uncancellation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, so I guess if you were following this like Justin Royal and Rick and Morty guy, uh charges were pressing and I feel like this was a while ago, like six months ago or so, right? Like Well, it was charges were filed uh in like twenty twenty. I don't know why it took so long to come out, but it didn't start getting reported until like earlier this year, I think a few months ago. Oh, really? That it was, that's how it went down. Yeah, thought, He had like already oh. gone to court for a couple of things dealing with this or whatever. And it wasn't necessarily like a secret or anything. Like it was the same public knowledge that they used to report on it in, I think January. Oh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, this has been a couple of years well, in the making. I guess for whatever reason, like the last time that this blew up, like it like just it was one of these situations where like a truly unfathomable about of women came forward with like just a yeah. absolute avalanche of screenshots. And they all yeah. <laughs> they all pretty much followed this. And, you know, t- to me, it was pretty damning because they, they all followed kind of like the exact same sort of pattern of behavior, but from. Mm-hmm you know, totally different people don't know each other across a bunch of different mm-hmm. apps, you know, like, like all this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was all like, Hey, are you 18? Oh no. Well, I don't care anyway. I'm just going to be a huge <laughs> creep and like all this stuff. Right. Yeah. And like, it, it was weird because he, he like did this like victory lap over having the charges dropped for him, yeah. which like, yeah. And doesn't necessarily mean that you didn't do the thing that you were accused of. It's just like, they just felt there wasn't enough evidence to actually convict you on it, which yeah that's that really annoyed me because a lot of people covered it with headlines that were like cleared of all charges or whatever and i'm like that's not the same as having charges dropped like that doesn't you know but yeah uh and and then that doesn't excuse all the other multitude of things that came out knowing that this dude dude is pretty much a scumbag (laughs) so after after his tweet where he tried to uncancel himself I I feel like I spent hours reading the quote tweets and responses and stuff because it was just, I mean, the dude is getting dunked on like the generals at a Globetrotters game. I mean, it was just unbelievable. 
my favorite one I saw was like someone that responded, "Great job, Justin!" In the fo- the uh, photo was OJ trying on the glove at his oh, trial. I saw, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, it's unfortunate because we we hung out with that guy. 2015 or something like that um and he was super nice like very nice guy but like also um he was a bad really drunk. drunk a bad yeah, drunk really drunk and then you could see how kind of belligerent he was and and whatever and so it's not like surprising that he's this type of dude i will say no that, but, that was um, that was my thing entirely was i was like based on the you know, dinner party thing that we did where he was at, I was like, mm, this is seems very plausible that. Yeah. Well, and then also his, his fiance at that time was on another level too. She... I don't know if that was the person that. I don't know either. These... It wouldn't surprise me with how no. they were. Like, no. Just, yeah. They were I don't know. I'm sure everyone knows match. people like this where it's just like, you just know a couple where it's like, yeah, both of these people are really bad for each other, and this is yeah. gonna this is not gonna turn out good. Uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, but they're engaged, <laughs> but they're engaged. Yeah, it's always good. Um, yeah, kind of funny, but funny, but sad. I mean, it's a sad situation that I don't know. You know, this dude is obviously bulldozed his way, ruining a, a lot of people's lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, ultimately, um, another funny thing that I saw come out about that was how it seemed like there was a sense of relief when he got fired from Rick and Morty. Cause like all the other writers and stuff were like, Oh, he didn't do anything anyway. He like came into the office and like goofed around and he barely even did anything on the show. He basically yeah. just did the voices, but we did all the work and he was just like a constant distraction anyway. Mm-hmm. So I kind of feel like they were sort of like, Oh sweet. We've, we have this opportunity to get rid of basically somebody that should be untouchable since he is the show, but he's not really contributing. So, um, yeah, I read, I read, um, a thing on reddit from someone that you know allegedly was like a production assistant or something you know you know who mm-hmm. the fuck is comes with a huge yeah. caveat of anyone Show me anything they want on yeah. reddit right but it seemed plausible and that like they were saying like yeah basically you were saying that like he was just uh unbelievably obnoxious to work with because like they basically anything that they wanted him to do they had to catch him in like the zone of between when he had started drinking at work and being too drunk to do anything Jesus, and i was man. like oh boy that's, that's sad that's, that's a lot yeah i mean yeah. you know i don't know i i don't i don't mean to make any i certainly am not gonna make any excuses for his behavior but it does no it does kind of suck how it it seems like there's a lot of people that have been in this spectrum where it's like you know clearly you're extremely talented mm-hmm. and everything else but you just have like all these other problems that mm-hmm. have just ruined that for oh yeah you know for yourself and for your fans and all this stuff yeah. you know i mean that is too too frequent of a story yeah, I mean, in how many, sort of exactly Hollywood you know, situation a million percent right so i don't know i'm i'm ex- i you know i am reluctant to say i'm a rick and morty fan because of the baggage mm-hmm. that that comes with but you know yeah. i enjoy watching the <laughs> i show like the show <laughs> yeah I'm, i guess i'm excited to see what they do uh this next season without him yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess I, like it, the good thing about Rick and Morty is there's like a bazillion ways where they could like totally yeah. explain a t- complete switch in the voices of the characters that haven't made mm-hmm. complete sense inside the universe. It'll be fine. 
Um, I think the problem with Rick and Morty is that it feels like it's probably hitting its limit. And I don't think Adult Swim has any plans of stopping. So you're going to get the 10 or 11 seasons when it probably goes a few seasons too long. Yeah. Um, And it's definitely not like as great as it was in those first few seasons, which were like really good. But I do still like it. I still think it's funny. I I do. What what I do really like about those, it seems like if you watch the evolution of the show, Mm -hmm. uh, it was like in the first couple of seasons, like Beth and Summer basically existed to be like, to just fill that role in a joke of yeah. the daughter, or the you yeah. know mom or whatever, and now yeah. like yeah, like some of these last seasons, like they are arguably more fleshed out characters than yeah. like you know uh, yeah. Rick and Morty themselves. Sometimes it yeah. seems like you know as far as like I don't know, it's just, so which to me I think is kind of interesting how they mm-hmm. took what uh, effectively started as basically throwaway characters and mm-hmm. made that such like a a deep part of the show. Which, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I read something somewhere where it was like um, the like writers and stuff don't like having like continuity stories where, you know, Mm -hmm. everything's connected and there's like a long running continuity through that series um, where they the Citadel, the evil Morty and all this other stuff going on that they're always like teasing at or whatever. But like they kind of just wish that each episode could be its own like wacky adventure, like standalone type thing yeah. or whatever. And they kind of hate having to feed both ends of that, um, which I could kind of see. But I think the thing that I like the most about it is that continuity story and like seeing if there's going to be some sort of payoff or explanation for all this stuff or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. I think, I, I think you can tastefully do both. I mean, I, th- I would, I would yeah. argue that that's sort of what they're doing, what Disney's doing with the Mandalorian, which is mm-hmm. kind of like, almost like a monster of the week kind of, mm-hmm. you know, adventure of the week kind of thing. But there's also those, you know, larger plot elements that kind of string mm-hmm. together episode over episode. That's pretty good. So, yeah. Are yeah. you, are you caught up on any of these star Wars shows at all? Or is that not your, Nope. I watched a single one. Is that not your cup of tea. I like star Wars. I just, ha- I don't, I didn't have Disney plus for a long time, so I couldn't watch a lot of them. And then um, now it's just, I guess a time mm-hmm. thing. Mandalorian is outstanding, though. I mean, like That's really, what I hear. really, yeah. truly amazing. Yeah. Um, and Pamela like it because everyone loves Baby Yoda. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. My parents. I don't know why. I'm sure they just went to Target and saw Baby Yoda everything when it was like the peak oh, of yeah. that. But um, <laughs> I think that's still going. <laughs> probably, but they. It's like birthday or Christmas one year for one of our kids. It was just like. Here's 35 baby Yoda clothing items. And it was like, oh, and it's like he had no idea what Yoda was. <laughs> he didn't even know what baby Yoda was. They were like forcing this upon him. Like he loves it, right? And um, it was like, no, but thanks for the clothes, I guess. I mean, I feel like that's on you for raising kids that don't know what Star Wars is. I guess. I don't know. They I think he's getting close. He's gonna be four. So I feel like that's age appropriate to start watching like the uh original trilogy and stuff but he he also i don't think could sit through a whole movie so i don't know we're not yeah. quite there yet yeah i don't i don't have a very good concept of what children are capable of at different ages and stuff so uh, it's all blippy and paw patrol right now so blippy. or other dumb shows man kids shows are dumb there is yeah. like uh, a lot of insane yeah stuff where I'm like, this is the number one thing on Netflix right now. And it's like, it looks like somebody did a flash art project animation show or something. Well, I showed you the the numbers dance band or whatever that a friend of mine's kid was really into, right? That was basically like the winter soldier activation tones. 
No. It was like just numbers flashing on the screen. It's fucking crazy. There's there's something like like that. (laughs) Everyone I know that has kids will just like it's like they all watch something different, but equally crazy on YouTube. And they're just like, I don't know, man. The kid will sit for hours and watch his shit, and he's quiet, (laughs) and I don't care. And that is uh for our younger one that's uh like a year and a half. He um if he gets fussy or doesn't want to be changed or is just whatever, we go to the dancing fruit on YouTube and it's just like baby sensory video stuff. And it's just mm. dancing animated fruit with like a catchy little like tune. And he instantly is like falls in line and stops fighting, stops fussing. He just is entranced by these dancing, dancing fruit. fruit. And, wow. uh, and it really messed up my recommendation algorithm for YouTube. Now I get, yeah, all there's a, there's stuff. a lot of weird crap like that that I didn't know about until I, was going through the recommendations of friends apple tv youtube with the kids oh, yeah. like the <laughs> yeah. the sand packing into cups videos Have you seen i haven't these? seen that oh well it's like some kind of uh moist looking sand that they uh-huh. like put in cups and like colored layers but then like mash down with some kind of like huh. wooden stick and it's uh-huh. all sort of like sped up uh-huh. so it's like a very fast kind of like tapping sort of thing yeah. while they do it yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you seen soap cutting that's no, another seen... one. Wow. Are you sure these are for babies? I don't know who they're for. I actually, feel like I would but... watch it. I got well, stuck so... on um the like primitive house building videos. Oh, yeah. Those are good. <laughs> no, but the soap cutting is like, so imagine if you took like a bar of soap and you scored mm-hmm. it like uh, a million different ways, right? And then you mm-hmm. slice that off in layers. Mm-hmm. What happens is like the soap kind of like explodes into a million pieces based on mm. those like cross cuts that you made before. Oh, like a blooming onion or something? Sort of, yeah. And mm. it's just like there are millions of videos of, wow. of this with like different soaps, different patterns, different cutting patterns that I don't know. It's this is what is amazing to me about YouTube is like it is truly something different for everyone else. It's like a, a looking glass <laughs> that shows you what you want to see, right? Yeah. I'm scared to go down this rabbit hole. It sounds yeah, well, too good. I mean, I feel um, like any of these, your three soap cutting videos away from 9-11 truthers. So be careful. That's true, too. That is very true. <laughs> uh, um, all right. Well, so what other drama do you have to talk about? Uh, do you watch the TikTok congressional thing yesterday or see no. any clips of it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I I heard a little bit about what happened or, or whatever. So, but I it basically boiled down to like Congress people are fuddy duddies that don't know what's going oh my on God. and it's very frustrating it's so involved. frustrating because like here's <laughs> here's my thing with this right and like i i think that there's probably valid arguments to be made that you know tiktok maybe has too much influence but you know i i think you mm-hmm. could say that of like a lot of these different social media platforms and it's like that's the thing our our the way that we approach monopolies and antitrust stuff seems very antiquated when it comes to the rate that these platforms can grow because they were saying mm-hmm. that and I don't know if this number is true or not, or, or how they figured this out, but there's 150 million active users in the United States of TikTok. So one out of every two people in the country is yeah, using TikTok right now. Nuts. I which guess. like, I don't know if, if any company should have that mm-hmm. kind of platform of that yeah. size, regardless of where that yeah. company is from. I mean, that's like... Yeah. That's that's a shocking amount of reach and yeah and everything else. But anyway, so um I don't know. It, it's it's one of these things where it's like I feel like they're 
ever so slightly just barely dipping their pinky toe into asking the right questions about like data security mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. who should own like uh you know user data and mm -hmm. like uh, how all that stuff should be kind of sussed out and what they can what should they should be allowed to do with that data and all that stuff mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it all it all at least with the thing yesterday it all came through this like weirdly like I don't know, like almost like purposefully xenophobic lens of like, this is bad because China right. and not, hey, we should take a higher level look at this and look mm -hmm. at things like the GDPR in Europe and like other mm -hmm. sort of equivalent like data privacy policies that exist in many other areas of the mm -hmm. world and look at the things that are working in those and that, that are mm -hmm. very good. And then look at the things that had unintended consequences and then build like the ultimate version of that based on what everyone else has done and, and the results of those things that then TikTok and everyone else would need to follow, you know, mm -hmm. instead of making this a TikTok problem, like it really, it really needs to be a, a larger discussion, yeah. but like the fuck it, the my fuckers, like they don't understand what the problem is. It seems like, mm -hmm. or, or if they do, they're being like purposefully obtuse about it mm -hmm. and making it be about like, Chinese ownership of TikTok, which mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's even the problem. I, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell if it's like they're being willfully stupid about this stuff or they're just that dumb or if it's a combination of the two. But uh, it's definitely not like, a, oh, well, we'll ban TikTok and the problem goes away. It's like, dude, you should be worried about what Facebook has been doing for yeah. years and other companies, Amazon and whoever else, yeah, like yeah, in yeah. the crazy data harvesting and selling market here. And all the problems that that causes, like, yeah, this, this problem, you're right. They're like scratching at the surface of what the real problem is, but what's going to happen is ultimately something will happen with TikTok. It'll either get, I don't know, banned or whatever happens. And then they'll just move along and never talk about it again because they fixed the problem. Yeah, that's, I mean, because that's not it. I, I think what you're going to see is, um, you know, and this happens in all different aspects of life, you know, when, when you have something that's very big and it gets taken away, it creates some form of vacuum, right? Where something inevitably else will fill that hole. And will what fills that hole be better or worse than TikTok? Like, it's hard to say, yeah. like, you know, it might because because you'll notice like all these different fucking platforms now have some level of like short video content between like mm -hmm. oh, i don't yeah. know what is it like facebook reels is that they call them and then the instagram shorts or youtube something. shorts or yeah i don't I know don't it's know. just like something else is gonna fill that hole and mm -hmm. you know maybe it's facebook but they've done way gnarlier shit in my opinion than yeah what they're saying tiktok is doing and yeah it um, makes me think like is the problem that there's possibly like uh privacy issues happening or is it that the privacy issues aren't harvesting data for us and they're mad yeah. about that you know what i mean like are they no, mad no. that it's going to a company that's owned by china and not us because it doesn't seem like the the data harvesting and the privacy issues are the problem that they're not going after anybody else so far it's all of a sudden tiktok because yeah it happens to be owned by a chinese company and became as big as it did but like here's the thing like i read an article about this this morning and it was like you know they're making this big deal about how how tiktok is a chinese company which i mean i guess like is true like bite dance is a chinese company like, it was founded in china it exists in china and stuff but like mm -hmm. 40 percent of the the venture capitalists and other investor firms that own tiktok are american companies you know so it's yeah. like 
Uh, this whole concept of like uh, nationalizing ownership of these kind of like global internet services gets really yeah. weird because like, I don't know what effective difference it makes if it's like, hey, all you Silicon Valley VCs that are already invested in TikTok, you need to take your ownership stake from 40% to 51%. Right. It's like, yeah. How does that functionally change anything? Like, I don't know the answer right. to that, but it just seems like it wouldn't, you know? Like, Well, and then also like nobody seems to care that like there's things like Tencent or whatever out there that are, have huge stakes in American companies right now. And like, you know, if yeah. you drew one of those diagrams of like what companies own what or have, you know, stakes in different companies, like it would be pretty eye-popping to see how many quote unquote American companies actually have a huge uh, stake in like you know, China has a huge stake in them. So yeah, I don't know the, the whole countries too, not even just China. No. And that's the thing. Like, that's, what's frustrating to me about all this is like, you know, if you look at it's like, okay, so what, what is the end result of, we can't have foreign investment in this country. Cause <laughs> like gonna create a lot of problems. Cause, cause that's going to be wacky too, <laughs> because like any, I mean, particularly, so, so if you look at the typical, the typical retirement vehicle that most Americans have now is a 401k, which will mm -hmm. likely be a, a highly diversified portfolio that will include all kinds of international stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, because mm -hmm. their idea is like, all right, well, keep your money in the United States, buy some European funds, buy some Asian funds. So like mm -hmm. your typical American has likely invested in, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously on a way smaller level and through, mm -hmm. you know, massive funds that they have no control of, but like, I say your typical person has investments in China right now yeah. as an American, you know, like, and I don't think that that's bad. I mean, it's, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. Yeah. We the only other now. scenario I can think of is that there's like some very high level intelligence on what TikTok's doing with their data that we know they're doing and we're trying to call them out on it without saying it out loud or something like that. But I feel like that's Maybe. giving our government way too much credit. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, if, if you want to talk conspiratorial stuff, like I, I just feel like it's probably more likely that Facebook or Meta or whatever has just yeah. lobbied the piss out of all these different people oh, because yeah. TikTok is an enormous competitor of theirs mm -hmm. and has planted the earworm of like, hey, we don't mm -hmm. want these Chinese people with their data and all right. this stuff. And at which point these dumb fucking idiots are more than happy to be like, oh yeah, we don't want China yeah. with our data. Like yeah. we don't want our, our teenagers being influenced by China and all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't know. It's. I, well, it's all stupid. I, I mean, it's yeah, it's all dumb. We live in it's, hell. You're better off not following this stuff. You know that, right? I know. I know. <laughs> I just, I don't even know why I, t why I turned it on. I got an alert on my phone where it was like, <laughs> I don't remember what the C the TikTok CEO is name is, but it was like TikTok yeah. CEO addresses Congress. I was like, oh, well, that sounds interesting. I'll mm -hmm. turn this on and listen mm -hmm. to it while I work. And and then you, it was just like my brain got rage filled. Got, yeah. It was just uh, so, so bad. I feel like one of the best things that has happened has been Elon buying Twitter and making it terrible and me not using Twitter anymore. Have you? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. That? I agree completely. Because <laughs> like now it's like I still have the Twitter app on my phone and I'll get occasionally like, oh, so-and-so tweeted this dumb thing or whatever. Like most of the time I'll ignore it, but sometimes I'm like, okay, you got me and I'll click it. And then it, it's like, I don't know, sometimes several minutes, sometimes an hour, whatever, where I'm like, uh, now I'm looking through Twitter again or whatever. And it never ends good. Right. No, like it, it's, it, I know better now to where I just like, 
turned off the notifications and I'm like, I don't even care. I don't even want to be tempted by their weird clickbait that they're sending yeah. me. And the, and the recommendation stuff is God awful now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's all like crazy conspiracy stuff. And so I'm just better off without it. I, and, I feel um, the same way. Like it was kind of a rough transition to be like, I'm just done with Twitter. Cause you know, I was getting so much information from it, but then I know, I don't know. I kind of realized like how much like, I don't know. I wouldn't say how much happier I am because I'm not necessarily an unhappy person, but there's just something to be said about like not needing mm -hmm. like the constant drip of this is what I'm mad about this minute. Yeah, it's exactly thing, that, you know, and I don't need any of that, especially stuff that does not matter to me in my yeah. life at all. So, yeah, um, yeah, I've been I mean, very happy to not even go on there anymore. I feel like I get everything that I need from glancing at Reddit every now and again and mm -hmm. Apple News alerts. I right <laughs> anything beyond that or and reading the websites i enjoy like anything yeah. beyond that i i don't probably just don't need to know about it it's okay yeah yeah exactly so, um i don't know i guess i guess we'll see what happens with the tiktok thing i'm guessing mm, nothing other yeah. than grandstanding and the same shit that always happens yeah probably so um okay any what's next on your list of drama anything else going on i think that's about it um mm. I don't, I don't know if anything pops I'm excited. out. I'm excited for our, our trip. Oh, yeah. So uh, you finagled your way into um, <laughs> basically uh, a Mac Rumors retreat <laughs> that <laughs> involves all the Mac Rumors staff, which also includes me because we are, Touch Gates part of Mac Rumors. Um, we basically, we haven't, normally we would get together. Um, WWDC was like kind of the, the one thing we a lot of people would come out for like most yeah of that's, that's how i found out about stuff. it because and, i was like um, trying to figure out like okay i want to hit like some some conferences yeah. or at least one or two conferences this year like and i'd like to see I, people I, i'm friends with and yeah like in general me and you would do gdc almost always but not every not other sometimes arn or usually arn or but not other macrumers people or anything like that oh well arn's there um, right now but it seems like he's just there to drink and eat food. i don't know why <laughs> he texted me he's like are you at gdc i was like no why are you at gdc yeah. and he sent me a picture back with him and uh and jonas oh geez from, uh, <laughs> uh, back from whatever studios. he's doing now but yeah i'm what um, he's doing now but yeah i uh so it'd be like you know march uh time frame we would get together for a conference in gdc and then we would get together for wwdc and then me and you usually just me and you would do like pax west in september or whenever it is and um so like three times a year you'd, you'd see your co-workers basically from people that work online exclusively um those were the times of the year you would like see the people you work with and talk to them in real life um well covid happened so we hadn't the last thing we did with all the macrooms people was WWDC in 2019. So that was June that of 2019. That crazy party house next to the weed church was the last time. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. Wow. The weed church got shut down, but, um, That's but yeah, surprising. We, yeah, I know, right? literally a <laughs> dodgier place to buy weed than an actual drug dealer. <laughs> I know. Right? Well, <laughs> but then, um, but didn't we yeah, have to yeah, join uh, their church to buy you did. I still get emails dispensary? from them. <laughs> oh my god! You had to sign up with your email or something just to even go in there. And uh, there was pews that had like a video sermon being played on loop. And um, yeah, you like praise Jaw and stuff. But anyway, yeah, it um, was. I think that that's how 
oh yeah that's how they that was the loophole was it wasn't a dispensary it was a church yeah. and part of their sacrament involved yeah. partaking in yeah uh marijuana so yeah you signed up you joined the church you signed up mm -hmm. and joined the church and then you went into the actual church which was mm -hmm. just done up like some kind of fucking weed altar yeah no and for then real. uh you accepted your sacrament yeah and it was some it was some loophole that like um the city of san jose had been like fighting against and whatever i think it, it eventually did get them shut down or whatever but um I don't know. I, overall, it was like a fairly harmless thing. Like I'm yeah, sure you could go. It was just within funny a mile was... of any direction and find like a crazy crack house going no, operating or whatever. So, you know, I, it's like a little weed church that sold like dime bags and stuff. I was just so. amused by how like clearly obvious it was. Where it was like we are exploiting a loophole. Yeah, and we are barely going to attempt to yeah. hide that. Well, it's also before like dispensaries became legal and stuff too. So like that sort of thing, it's, there's a dispensary on every oh, corner that's now. Right. I think it was. So that like was like the, the only way you could like legally be selling weed in a store before, unless the, you had a medical um, yeah. situation. It, medical it was like in, in the gray area where they had like legalized it recreationally, but not the dispensary no dispensaries were open yet right they, they had or... legalized it um for medical use and so you had to get a medical card which was trivial as we learned when wwc like the year or two before oh, yeah. when you used my address to sign up online and basically <laughs> like, like get, oh you have a, you have a stomach ache here you go yeah like a doctor like a website like signs your doctor's note for you um but anyway I we're getting very off track. That that was the last time we did anything with Macrumers people was um 2019, and then me and you did packs that year, um, and then that's the last thing I did. That's the last time I traveled at all, actually. Yeah. Um, oh, I think you're right. I, th I think that's the last time I traveled either for mm -hmm. any any covers was at packs. Yeah. So um, and it, yeah, funny thing point, is that it, like that turned out to be like COVID ground zero, like two months later. <laughs> I know, right? I like, know. totally, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, be, yeah, because COVID started at GDC 2020. Remember, it was like it didn't quite get canceled yet, like, it was like a week before it was supposed to start. That they were like, oh, that's right, we, had, we had booked hotels, go. we had booked yeah, flights, yeah, 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 and yeah. like, it was funny because the, the hotels for GDC it happens every year, like, whenever there's a big conference, it's like worst hotel ever $30 a night becomes like $450 a night hotel and that's the yeah. way every hotel so we had been like we were going to share room and um split the costs and stuff but you hadn't booked anything yet and so we kept looking it up and it was like the closer GDC got the more prices were dropping like crazy to where it was like, Oh my God, we can get like this. We can stay at the Westin for like a hundred bucks a night yes, or something yeah. like that. And it was well, but because that, that COVID was... was happening and all these people yeah. were dropping out and it looked like this big um, conference that brings like hundreds of thousands of people um, was going to not happen. And that's a big blow to like that area and the people that depend yeah. on things like that yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we ended up canceling and not going at all. And um, well, because don't you remember how awkward it was, too, where it was like it was like big studio after big studio was like pulling out and yeah. everyone was like, how are, how are, are they do? even pretending yeah. like the show is still going to happen yeah. when it's like yeah. all of the anchor booths on the show floor are not going to be there? Yeah. 
Well, it's, I don't remember exactly, but didn't they just canceled the show outright, but then had it online in June or something like that? I feel like I that they it pushed was, it out it and then had an really online awkward. only one or, or whatever. Yeah. But, so anyway, so yeah, coming up on four years since seeing any of you guys um, or any of the Mac Rumors people um, in person. I've and gotten so, a lot fatter um, over four years. So <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I had just had our first kid. He was six weeks old when I went to WWDC in June of 2019. Oh, so um, yeah, I got, I've, I've aged many, many years in the last four, uh, at least 40 extra years I've aged um, because of these kids. So um, anyway, it's it's a reason to get together was basically I, it doesn't look like WWDC is going to be in person this year again. Um, I, and think so I think that's better. I mean, what Apple's probably. done with WWDC, I think, is yeah. way better. And so uh, Arn, who runs Mac Rumors, I think, decided let's do a get together thing because it's been so long um, and it's it's good. Uh, seeing people in person, it's so different. You could talk to somebody online through Zoom or whatever every day. Uh, every work day and it's not the same as getting together in real life um so yeah uh all the mac rumor staff and me we're gonna go to orlando and we rented a big airbnb um eli somehow finagled his way in even though he hadn't worked there in like four years <laughs> he hadn't worked for touch game everybody like likes me and, yeah everybody's like well you know it's it's you look back at it and it's like um all these coworkers, like we are good friends and we, yeah. we always have good hangouts in person. And, um, you were with Tetra for 10 years or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's a, a long time to have bonded with these people yearly. And then you haven't been in the mix since as long as since COVID. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be curious what the dynamic is this time around. Cause we've all gotten older. Like you were saying, like, I feel like I yeah. can't, I can't drink like I used to anymore. Like oh, this, these things used all. to be like fucking ragers yeah, sometimes. I know we'll see. Um, yeah, but, uh, so yeah, yeah we're going to go to Orlando for a week in May. And, um, I guess now that you're coming, we can do a podcast from there or something, but, um, just to yeah, shoot a uh, series of TikToks. <laughs> yeah. we need to do the um i think the songs from lizzie mcguire the the hey now hey now this is what dreams are made of song you know I you ever no heard idea. that oh I well that's no that's like the trend with disney adults is like they mm. it, like the video will be like first time at magic kingdom since covid mm -hmm. and it's like oh they, they turn around and look <laughs> at the castle and just break down crying to this yeah um, i have i have close to zero interest in disney anything but I'm excited um, for the Star Wars stuff. I mean, that's, that'll be fun. Yeah, I don't think we're going to Disney World proper. I think no, we're just Hollywood, going to maybe uh, yeah. studios or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, it should be fun. It's like um, during the days we all kind of just work together and uh, chit chat and do our normal daily work stuff. And then um, night times. I think one night we're going to Medieval Times. I've never been to Medieval. Very excited. Medieval. For that. I know I you, love, you've been a bunch, but uh, I love Medieval Times. I've never been somehow. Oh man. Um, but yeah, it should be fun. And I'm glad you finagled your way in. And oh, so the Airbnb. So it's insane. Like it makes sense now that I, I just didn't know about this, but it makes total sense. So like in Florida near Disney, um, there's just, I guess, just swaths of open land that that developers have built ginormous houses on. And um, they almost seem exclusively for rental for families coming to go to Disney. And so like we're staying in a neighborhood that if you look it up, it's an Airbnb and, and it's like a normal neighborhood, but it's also like 
has 11 bedrooms or something like that. Yeah, we were trying. What what sort of house just has 11? And it's not necessarily like a big mansion or anything. It's just Mm -hmm. got a lot of capacity. And I think that's what makes me think it's very purpose built for these families who are visiting Orlando, um, as opposed to like, I live in this 11 bedroom house with my three kids or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's nuts. And, and, and so the people that own the Airbnb obviously know this. And so the house, some of the rooms are themed. So there's a mini mouse room and there's like a pirates of the Caribbean room. And, um, there's a, uh, there's like an arcade with like air hockey and a couple arcade games. And you know, it's sweet. It's like cool looking house, but it's yeah. definitely not like you're in a normal house. Well, the, the wild um, thing though, is like, um, so it, it's a group of what? 13, right? I guess I 14? think we're 13. 13. Yeah. Um, this stupid mansion that Arn is renting is a yeah. enormous cost savings over. Oh, getting it's like 400 bucks a night. It's nuts how yeah. cheap it is. <laughs> well, we were talking too, because once I learned this and I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense that there would just be these big houses. But like, there's so many bedrooms that you could be, and I'm sure tons of people do this, but like, we could get like, our family and their kids mm-hmm. involved and we yeah, all split yeah, yeah. it and it's yeah. like dirt cheap that way. And you have one entire house that houses everybody. There's fun stuff like themed rooms for the kids and arcade games. There's a pool. Um, there's also like not themed rooms. So there's like normal bedrooms for adults and stuff. And, and then you have a place to stay that's cheap. And then you go and do your Disney and all that stuff. Like it, it makes total sense. I just never knew something like this really existed. Yeah. Also, monumental um, cost savings to have like a kitchen to like make breakfast mm-hmm. in and stuff like that. Because big time, yeah. I find that's really where they get you on these like yeah. theme park towns. Is yeah, you're staying in a hotel, eating three meals out a day. You're spending yeah. mega bucks. Well, yeah. I guess the catch is that um, it's not super close to anything. I think the closest thing. I think there's a Target that's within like 20 minutes or something yeah. like that. But it, every, everything's kind of a drive. Um, so it's not like I can run down the street to the store real quick and grab things or whatever. Oh, so you got to kind of like, DoorDash, but I, whatever, Walmart, I mean, Walmart like, plus, you know, that yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just insane. I didn't know something like this was out there yeah. and the whole neighborhood. Um, there's like a huge playground for the neighborhood, like a community playground and stuff like that. And it's like very obviously like families that rent these places. I'm, I'm guessing I'd be really curious to see somebody and, and they live there and I want to talk to them and be like, what's I don't know. From, <laughs> from looking at the layout of the house, it seems insane to use. It's this not as like your functional normal residence. house. Yeah. Unless you totally. are like literally the Brady bunch, maybe. then maybe, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting though. And I've never been to Florida at all. I think I maybe oh, went wow. to an airport there, but. Strap um, in for hot and humid, baby. Ugh, I hate humid. Um, so yeah, that's coming up in May. We're going to do a little work trip, even though you don't work for us, it'll be a fun trip for you. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to doing something. It's been four years. The the chaos agent, the chaos agent. You totally, you were anyway, even when you worked for Dr. K. (laughs) Yeah. You were the wild card. Oh boy. Um, yeah. But yeah, it should be fun. Uh, well, yeah. what do you got on your list to talk about that is actually related, related. to mobile games? Uh, do you see the Apple's crackdown on remote work? This, uh, uh, I, a little bit, but I didn't see any details about that. Yeah, so the detail basically is like they apparently sent out a 
sternly worded email to people reminding them that they're expected to be in the office at least three days a week. Otherwise, hmm. you're going to have some problems, which, you know, know what's it. funny? Hmm. Well, I was going to say is that there's all these tech companies doing layoffs and they're getting like huge headlines of like, oh my God, 10,000 jobs cut or whatever. And Apple's has not laid anybody off. But I feel like, is this like them laying people off but not saying it out loud because yeah, they're like, know. come back or you're gone. Oh, whoops, we had to cut you because you didn't come in. And that is how they end up cutting staff. To me, it seems like such a strange thing. I mean, like as someone that's worked remotely, like basically forever. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's like if particularly with Apple, right? Because I feel like the Apple hiring process is probably extremely rigorous, right? Because they have mm -hmm. a culture of extreme corporate secrecy. And mm -hmm. presumably, you know, you need to get buy in on mm -hmm. whoever's hiring you that you are capable of following this and everything else, right? So it's like, yeah, how do you, on one hand, be like, okay, yes, we trust this person to, uh, you know, know our 24 month product roadmap and all these other details and stuff like that, but not trust them enough to like be productive at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Seems know. weird. Well, they use the excuse of like, Oh, we're the kind of company where you need to like mingle in person. And that's part of our creative process and blah, blah, blah. But also like that. they are so siloed off by department that how much of that is even true? Like you're just the, the apartments don't seem to like, talk to each other about anything else you know what i mean so yeah i don't i don't know what their whole thing is but i feel like out of anybody they should be one of the companies that's like okay the new normal let's embrace it and we're gonna have a lot of work from home stuff and i'll tell you if that if going into their office wasn't a requirement i think probably it's true for both of us we would have got a job at apple at some point over the years oh, sure yeah because we ha we've had those opportunities but it's like well i'm not gonna move to cupertino i'm not gonna move to that area no. Because whatever extra money I'd make working for Apple is just gone in cost yeah. of living. So, yeah, um, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird one. Like my my suspicion on this is that Cupertino probably gave like the city of Cupertino probably gave Apple some monumental tax breaks. Yeah. Uh, to build this big corporate center. Yeah. And I imagine the opposite end of making that formula balance is like them working on the assumption of okay there's going to be x thousands of people that are going to yeah. be coming in every day buying coffee going yeah, out to lunch right. doing their no, shopping true. on the way yeah. home all this stuff and if they work yeah. from home none of that stuff's happening so we're not generating that tax revenue elsewhere like we thought we were and mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if the city was like leaning up and like hey dude like we gave you all this mm -hmm. shit under this mm -hmm. understanding that you'd have all yeah. these people working here and they're not because yeah. otherwise i don't know it just doesn't it it doesn't pass the sniff test to me in in any other way. Like the whole we value collaboration thing. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know. It seems. Yeah. It seems particularly because I mean, like if we hadn't just gone through a fucking global pandemic for like years where the norm was like <laughs> zoom and stuff and like yeah. productivity went up, profits went up, everything else. I mean, like <laughs> I what, know. you know, it, it, I, I, know. I just, I just don't know by like what KPI uh, yeah. any of these companies that are doing this whole return to work thing yeah. can even reasonably argue of like, this is a problem and we need to solve this now kind of thing, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know either. Unless one of your, uh, you know, uh, revenue streams is the land that you lease or something like that for your corporate office or whatever. Like, um, I don't see how it's not a win for every company that has people working from home. 
as long as they're doing their jobs and you can monitor them and make sure they are. And uh, you're not paying for an office that everyone to go to. You're not paying for commuting or any of that stuff. Like it just seems like it's better all around for everybody. Um, even the companies. So I don't know. I always thought the like yeah. force people to go back to work thing was kind of weird. Yeah. It would be a good way to get me to leave a company, but I'm, I don't know. I, yeah. I like, I like working <laughs> from home. So yeah. Um, yeah. Do you see it the eight bit dough? All right. Do we decide if it's eight bit dough or eight bit do? I think company. I say dough, eight bit dough. Um, do they, so do I understand this correctly in that the firmware update hit that everything is now MFI compatible or you need to buy a new controller? No, yeah. New controllers moving it's, forward um, are. So that whole thing, I actually, some of their controllers did work with MFI already. It's just like a bunch of them didn't for whatever reason. And I guess it was like the latest iOS update added that in. Oh. And so basically, but it's like, um, it's a selection of their controllers, but it's mostly all their newer ones that you would have anyway that work with like other consoles or PCs and stuff. So, um, so like I have right here, I have mine. That this is the S Pro Two, SN Pro Two, or whatever it is. It's like the Super Nintendo knockoff. I bought this to play my Switch on the TV, um, and it's it sweet. A lot like it has the like the Switch Pro controller, honestly. Yeah, it does, and it has um, the Switch on the back, basically. Um, you just switch it if you're playing on the Switch, Xbox, PC, PlayStation, whatever. Um, cool. And it'll like automatically configure itself to that system or whatever. But I only really use this with my Switch. And um, it's great. Uh, and it also does work with PC. But so like this controller is one of the ones that is compatible. So if I went on their website and plugged in the cord, I could update its firmware. And then all of a sudden I could use this with iOS, I guess, is from what I understand. But I haven't uh, messed around with it myself because... I don't know. I just use my backbone for everything. So, but it is cool. If you have one of these controllers already, which a lot of people do, then yeah. Um, I think they have that added functionality. Now you can use them with iOS devices, um, which is kind of cool, but I haven't, I just haven't looked into the details. This is totally a Mikhail thing. I mean, he needs to let me know what's going on with this because I'm sure he knows. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Only other kind of thing that was on my short list of things on my radar this week was the, um, The Xbox uh, that seemed interesting to talk about. Anyway, it was the Microsoft apparently like jockeying p- for position in uh, the what's inevitably sounds like is going to be the third party App Store wars. Oh yeah, he seemed real confident they can have an app on uh, iPhones. Yeah, I mean it's uh, that's kind of yes, they did this. Um, uh, I don't know interview with Bloomberg or one of these other financial mm-hmm. websites where. It sounded pretty confident that their Xbox yeah. store was going to be on the iPhone next year, which yeah, I don't know. They either know something we don't or are very sure that something's going to disrupt yeah. that whole situation. But... I, I don't know what they what they know or don't know or whatever, but I'm like, well, I will say from Apple's perspective, right? Like we've talked about this a lot where it was like Apple should have been making these changes years ago on their own terms instead of being forced into it by regulation mm-hmm. or whatever on somebody else's terms um they should have been okay we've we've had a decade or whatever of the app store being closed off and whatever like people aren't babies anymore they know how smartphones work let's allow things to open up let's allow side loading but do it in a right way that our way that makes yeah. it like as safe as possible or whatever and um so i wouldn't be totally surprised to see if Microsoft and Apple were working on something together where when they finally, Apple finally unveils, oh, you can sideload third-party things. 
Um, Microsoft is like a partner with that and they can they can point to it and be like, look, all your Xbox Game Pass games can be played with touch controls on your iPhone now or whatever the case may be, like where they're working together on it, because making a change like this too, like is takes a long time before you roll it out. Right. So this has been in the works for probably a year prior, at least. Um, and so it wouldn't surprise me if that's why they're talking that confidently is that they are actually working with Apple um, mm -hmm. on something. And it would make sense for Apple to point to sort of like the benefits of making this change, not just like, uh, you know, Europe made us do this or whatever. Yeah, that is a really good point that uh, I hadn't considered is they could be yeah. definitely and maybe they inside baseball. Have, yeah, maybe they're talking with Valve too to have a Valve store, you know, something. I don't know. Um, yeah, I guess it does but, really uh, lead into kind of exactly what we talked about with the going at this from a position of strength or like maybe WWC like next year. It's like, hey, guess what? Like we are yeah. allowing third-party app stores. Um, you know, we're mm -hmm. launching with the Microsoft Store and Steam and... Yeah, other stuff today, but like here's the specs on how to make your own or sideload yeah. your own stuff or yeah, whatever yeah. else. Um, yeah, yeah. Because um, I don't know. There's a lot of ways they could go about that, but I I think that the smart thing would to be embrace it and then use it to their benefit instead of being like, okay, well we had to open up third party things. Don't download viruses, everybody, or whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. um, but uh. Yeah, I did see that. That's interesting to me. Um, here's something. I, I have a, a quick show and tell if you're watching the video. Um, last week, we talked about those Waterfield cases. They did end up sending me a Steam Deck case. And uh, here it is. Does the the magnet closure everything that you dreamed and hoped for and more? The leather just smells so good. Um, it's interesting. So here it is. So there's no zipper. You just yank it apart. and it. That's cool. Yank it apart. And then... Uh, like snaps closed. It's very secure. I it's not opening on its own. I can say that much. But it's also you have to sort of there's a technique to opening it, I think. Um, you have to sort of do like a squeeze type thing, which is I don't know. Um, yeah, it's rad. I I think we joked like what problem is it solving? Like where zippers really that bad? Mm -hmm. But um, I do like that you could charge it in the case. Yeah, that that, that seems um, like a cool feature, but it's that... neat. It's just not like imperative i guess um my main drawback to this thing i i'll write a review for it but the my first takeaway is that i put this in so first of all so here's the steam deck case that it comes with and uh um, yeah. here's this guy next to it yeah, so, it's so it's like, like roughly half half, half the width yeah thick. yeah um and so that's cool but then um that's something i really wanted that's probably my number one complaint with the steam deck case is that it's too bulky and like you said, you throw it in a backpack, that's like your whole backpack space, basically. Yeah, it's, it um, fills up a good like yeah. half of my backpack that I used to, yeah. which is not a huge backpack, but it's not like small right. either. So but, anyway, so get this guy, slide it in. It's not much bigger than the actual system itself, so that's cool. And then it closes shut. The problem I have with this is that once it's in there, you can still... I don't know if the clicking comes oh, through. Oh, yeah. They'll click the sticks because it is so tight in there. It's not necessarily tight. It's just that there's nothing. It's just leather. There's not like yeah. a molded hard shell on that side. And I think if I could make a change to it, it would be, I don't really so much care about the backside being, being the way it is, but the front side, the flimsiness, I think I would have a molded hard shell on the front 
just to protect the analog sticks because I don't feel super comfortable um, if I have this thing in here and the sticks can be clicked and it's in a bag and it's getting squished or something. I don't know how I feel about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, compared to the the normal case, which is like you could drop a bowling ball on it and it's not going to do anything. So um, that's kind of my one complaint, but I'm going to play around with it some more and, and try and use it um, because we talked about this last time too. I have the um, switch slim case that I've had since the launch of the switch. This is the yeah. first case I ever bought, the only one I ever bought. And um, it has that same problem. It, you could click the sticks through the case if you want it. Mm -hmm. um, it's never messed up on me. And I've thrown my switch in a bag with tons of stuff. I've taken it all over the place. Um, I, I, I have my launch switch, which never had drift problems or any stick problems. That's impressive. And now I use it for the OLED switch. I've never had any problems. So it could be a non-issue, but I just know for me, like when I can feel, I can click the sticks through the case. I'm like, shoot, how protected is this thing? Um, which is a shame because everything else about the case I love. I love yeah. its fit and finish and everything. It has a nice compartment for um, the plug and uh, any little memory cards or whatever. There's another little pocket in front. This inside is super soft and protective. I don't worry about it getting scratched or anything. It's definitely not like a drop protection case, but for something to just cover it and throw it in your bag it's a lot slimmer and nicer than the bulky case it comes with but i just don't know protection wise how i feel about it so anyway yeah i've seen um oh yeah yeah okay so um i've seen these things uh shit what are they they're like uh joystick protectors or something like that that are like the oh kind of just a thing that like like a little cage or something that goes over it or sort of yeah like i'm trying to figure out what they were yeah joystick stabilizer interesting because that could stabilizer be... clamp okay that could be a solution if you had to just throw those on before you put this in the case or whatever and there's even a pocket to hold them so that might but, be fine i mean it's hard to really say how much of an issue that is i mean i feel like right. if you know with all the places we've taken our switches a system that is notorious for having problems with yeah joysticks on a case yeah. that didn't protect them and you didn't have issues like might just well then you also head, say you know, like you also analog sticks are meant to be clicked in like hundreds of thousands of times if not more like they're tested yeah. for that you know what i mean um they have machines like pushing down on them to test them and stress test them and and whatever so it's like meant to be clicked in so i don't know why it gives me that feeling of like ooh, it needs to be protected but so i will say um I bought that case you sent me the link to last week, which is like your molded switch case, but for mm -hmm. a Steam Deck, it's like the same yeah. company or whatever. Um, it was only 16 bucks on Amazon. It is super slim. It seems like it's also very slim compared to the the regular case, but it does have the molded like stick input areas on the top of the cover. Um, and then I actually bought, I was reading some of the reviews for that and they said like- um, There's the a case fucking is... spending spree. <laughs> I know. I spent 40 whole dollars on this review of this free case I got. Hmm. Um, but anyway, I uh, was reading that they said that um, the case is good, but there is wiggle room in it. So if you like shook it, you could hear your device moving around. Oh. And it's because they made it a little large for people that have those silicone grips or whatever, those like oh, back yeah. cases on or whatever. Fair enough. So I actually bought this Spigen, Spigen one of those two for 20 bucks. For your Steam Deck um, or for your the steam deck so i had thought about getting one of those um before anyway just because um 
to have a little bit more girth to the grip of the Steam Deck, I feel like would be a good thing. And I've seen people say in reviews that it does feel nicer to hold now. So I was sort of curious about those anyway. Also, just from like protection from setting it down and stuff like that. Um, so I'm going to compare and contrast this Waterfield case. I'm going to try it out with that grip. Oh, so thing the, the, case you, the grip thing you got for it looks like just kind of like a... a iPhone case that goes over it and leaves kind of open. Oh god. Yeah, with cutouts for the way. It's the Spigen one. It's TPU. It's not silicone. Okay. Um yeah, I see it's so, 20 bucks or whatever. Yeah. Right? It was yeah. 20 something. Um, but anyway, uh those should come tomorrow. And then so maybe next week we can talk about how it is. But I'm gonna try and put it all into the review too to compare to be like, okay, well, this waterfield thing is super nice, but it's also 90 bucks. If you wanted a slimmer case, um yeah, you that's kind of that's kind of the trick with a lot of these kind of yeah, like handmade leather things, right? I mean, cuz like I've um definitely have spent some money on wallets in my day. Mm-hmm. And, oh, me too. You know, like you can spend 100 bucks on a wallet, no problem. It just comes down to like yeah. You know, do you do you personally get value out of the fact that it's made with cool leather? Yeah. And handmade and all this stuff or yeah. You know, do you just want to the cheapest thing that's going to be functional at which point you can well just use rubber band you know <laughs> i mean i feel like this switch case that was twenty dollars and it's nintendo's own so i mean yeah. nintendo usually makes nice stuff or whatever but i mean i don't i don't see this as being extremely more quality than the twenty dollar third party switch case sure. you could get on amazon um and this thing hasn't like fallen apart or anything and it's been through a lot so I look at the Waterfield thing and I'm like, oh, dude, that thing is going to last forever and then some, right? Like it's you'll hand it down to generations below me for their Steam decks or whatever. Like it's it's that well made and of that good of quality materials. But also the $16 Steam Deck case that I, is on the way is probably fine. It's probably going to last me longer than I have a Steam Deck because there will be a new one someday down the road before that case gives up the ghost, right? Yeah, so it's yeah. like... How much do you really need something to last a lifetime, especially a game case when you're updating models of, of game systems? I mean, anyway. I guess like a, the a, good news a, is a Steam Deck uh, is so big, right, that you'll likely be able to use that for a bunch of different things. You know, like, I, I already thought about that, actually, too. I was like, oh, this could be cool for uh, a number of things. It's it's more or less just a magnetic pouch or sleeve that you could use for a bunch of stuff, too. So it's not like useless or anything, but it is made specifically for the Steam Deck size. And um yeah, I don't know. I feel like something like a messenger bag or a backpack or something you will use throughout your life for a bunch of different things. It's nice to have, to spend the money on something that's like really quality and going to last instead of buying like a new Jansport every two years or whatever. Although I've had Jansports that lasted way longer than that. But, you know, a gaming case, I feel like the, the cheaper ones are going to survive and serve their purpose by the time you are going to want a different system anyway or whatever. So um, anyway. I'll uh, I'll suss all this stuff out in the uh, review of this this Steam Deck case, and then I'll talk about the cheaper one that's on its way too, and how that is, and figure it all out. In the end, I guess the question is going to be: Do I keep using the default one, or am I going to use one of these new ones? So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I mean, use them all. Just rotate around, accessorize. <laughs> I could use them all. I could stick one inside the other, inside the other, and have triple case protection which would be pretty cool. Um, I actually had uh, a couple news stories to talk about. Sure. If you want to do that, yeah, yeah. I hear a, a baby crying. So maybe we should zip through these pretty quick. Um, this is funny. 
the it's definitely not a mobile game will never come to mobile because it's not a mobile game super meat boy forever is coming to mobile on april no. 20th that's 420 bro correct me um, if i'm wrong but didn't that game start as a mobile announcement it did and uh it's it's funny because in this story we link back to the first time we talked about it when it was first announced and that was in 2014 so this is a decade almost in the making holy shit but um Time i remember flies, man. i remember uh we played it at pax 2017 2018 something like that it was set up at a booth and we played it on the switch and it was like it's rad. I don't know. I, a lot of people hate on this game, I guess, because it's an auto runner, but it's like a really good auto runner. I mean, what are you doing in Meat Boy anyway, except just running as fast as you can yeah. through every level? So, um, but yeah, it's hard as heck. And uh, it just, it it was originally supposed to be a, a, a mobile game. And then I think the Switch came along and it was like, oh no, actually this is a, totally for the Switch and, and PC. Yeah. Um, well, now it's finally coming to mobile, which is funny because that seems like the most suitable spot for it. Um, no, totally. And and the, the funny thing with the pivot to switch was like, it was like, remember, like the switch came out and then all of a sudden everyone was like, man, the switch is really cool. This would be like the coolest place to have your indie game now. Yeah. And then yeah. suddenly it was like everything that was that was slated that had already been announced or was obvious yeah. was going to come to mobile. It was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is a switch game, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, that did happen very abruptly. Um, but anyway, I uh, don't, I think this game is like a dollar on Steam right now or something like that. I don't, I only played it that one time at PAX, so I haven't played it since. Um, but I will definitely play the mobile version when it comes out. Um, yeah, this is a Steam Super Sale. I believe it's still going on. This, this it's going to be, yeah, yeah, I think so. Um it's going to be a dollar. <laughs> it's $20 on switch and steam when it's not on sale. Um, so it's just a dollar on mobile, which that's nice. Um, yeah. How long does the spring sale run? So I can know how long to I actually thought it ended yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, good. I thought it ended the 23rd, but I could be wrong. Um, well, <laughs> uh, the number one new and trending game on steam right now, which is 18% off is sex with Hitler. 2069. <laughs> we'll snatch that up before it's off sale oh my god yeah uh so anyway uh yeah super meat boy forever coming to mobile on 420 for a dollar um last week i mentioned that sean had wrote a um story for the best 3ds sale games to pick up before the 3ds eShop closes um some people had requested doing the same thing for the wii u because that shop closes on the same day um, so he did that. He put together less, a list of 10-ish uh, of the best games to buy on Wii U uh, eShop before it closes down on March 27th. Oh, I actually so that have an interesting, interesting factoid about that. So um, there, I've never heard of this guy before, but uh, uh, his name on Twitter is Completionist. I don't know, uh, hmm. Ger Gerard the Completionist is his YouTube channel. Okay. Um, so he made a video of buying, because it took him like almost a year to do buying every single game on the eShop for both the 3DS and the Wii U. But oh, every wow. sing, every single game you can buy. Guess wow. guess how much? Uh, we'll do prices right rules. Uh, <laughs> lowest without well, no, I just guess how much they were for everything from both the, shops. Oh, for all right, the, for the Wii U, everything on the eShop. If you if you everything on the Wii U eShop. Yeah. How much did he spend in total? Yeah. 4,000 more. 
12,000. Less. It was like nine nine thousand six hundred and seventy three. Hmm. That's pretty wild. And there's no sales or anything. Uh, I'm not sure if that's full hmm. retail price or not. Actually, that's interesting. But, um. So 3ds. So your guess then, knowing that the Wii U is nine thousand. 3ds, I would say, is like ten times that. No, actually, only uh thirteen thousand one hundred eighteen for everything on three DS. There feels like there's so many more things on three DS shop than than Wii U, but I guess I don't really know. Huh? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, good for him. He can I know, upload I was, them all to archive.org. I was kind of surprised <laughs> the the totals were that low. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I would think that I would have thought a lot more. Yeah, if you were if you're buying all this stuff, it would be. You know, a lot of money, but yeah, I'm not to say that's not a lot of money, but I mean, like, God, you hear about people that have spent twenty five thousand dollars in, you know, uh, Clash Royale or whatever. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, that's pretty wild, huh? That's uh, interesting life goal. I guess he really needs to be a completionist. Yeah, I was like, well, that's definitely on brand. If this guy's whole thing is (laughs) that he's username checks out. (laughs) Oh, Um, interesting. Well, if you want to know some interesting Wii U recommendations, Sean has put a list of, together. I will link it in the podcast post for everybody. Um, and then uh, Netflix had a big event thing um, that uh, Mikhail attended and um, was able to talk about on Monday, basically talking about some of their new games coming out. Um, Mighty Quest, the new Mighty Quest game, I think is their next big one. But then they also said that there's 40 games that they have on dock to hit this year as part of the Netflix games thing. Um, one of them is by Super Evil Megacorp, who did Vainglory. Um, but other than that, no real details about what's coming. So, oh, and then another interesting wrinkle. I don't think this was announced at the Netflix event. I think it was announced before. I don't remember. But um, Monument Valley 1 and 2 are going to be part of Netflix games. So riddle me this. There is a premium, regular, paid Monument Valley 1 and 2. There is the Apple Arcade versions of Monument Valley 1 and 2. And now there is soon to be Netflix versions of my... Do they all three live side by side in the App Store together? That's a really good question. Because I don't um, think there's been a situation like this before. Yeah, Does, I don't know. Do, do they have a deal with Apple I mean, that expires in time for them to become Netflix games or something? Like, It's, it's possible that uh, us two just basically can do whatever they want. Cause... Very true. Um, I think, what I think is they're all three going to just live on the App Store together. And it's going to be weird and confusing. And something that Apple vehemently said they did not want to happen. To have all these multiple games and people are confused. All of a sudden... Is happening because they partly because of them and their yeah. Apple Arcade like reissues and stuff like that. So um, I don't know. I feel like it's weird that you can't have like a single build that's like, we know you're an Apple Arcade person, you download it and it's free. We know you're not, pay your money. And we know you have a Netflix thing. Here's a quick little login thing in the settings for Netflix and it'll just unlock the thing for you or whatever. Like, how yeah. can there not be one build that just suits all those situations? Um, instead of three it just seems so clunky to me and unapple like but yeah i don't know i mean but geez where do you even start on the clunkiness of the app store i mean like having no man three versions of the same game seems like the least of that's least of the problems you know (laughs) that is very true um so anyway uh lots and lots of stuff coming um from 
uh, Netflix. Oh, actually, it looks like their next game is Terra Nil. We've talked about that one before, too. And um, that one comes on the 28th, so next week. But anyway, uh, I don't know. Psyched on Netflix still. They keep putting out really good stuff. I feel like they slowed down a little bit recently, but that's probably just to gear up for the rest of what they got going on. So, well, the um, dude, I think the reason why the... Um... You know, and not to say that the people behind Apple Arcade aren't cool, but um, the I don't know if you remember the game Super Senso. Yeah. So do. the dude behind Super Senso is the guy behind Netflix games. Oh, really? Ray. Yeah. You've met him at GDC a couple of times. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, so it's like someone that like really just like gets it, you know, and I think yeah. that, that that just comes across very obviously and. Mm-hmm. Um, that's uh crazy i didn't know that yeah i it definitely helps to have somebody that knows what they're doing as opposed to just like i don't know sign up the top 10 popular games yeah <laughs> on the i don't know get games here's something. a blank checkbook <laughs> yeah, <right>. yeah. <laughs> i feel like apple arcade was on that avenue in the beginning they had people that were in charge of the of launching the thing that knew what they wanted and knew what they were doing um I feel like that has since those people have like left and gone on to do other things and that their roles haven't been filled. It seems like it feels like, I don't know. Apple Arcade is very on autopilot now. Um, Not to like, you know, talk shit about whoever's doing Apple Arcade right now. It's fine still, but it's not like it was in the beginning where it was like blockbuster. It's like, okay, you get your like reissue, you get your like, uh, used to be free to play a game. That's now premium because it's on Apple Arcade. You get your one, maybe, you original to Apple Arcade game thing. I mean, it's it's pretty formulaic by now. Month yeah, month, I think so. I think that they, um, I think the promises that Apple either inadvertently or intentionally made with the launch of Apple Arcade were real hard to keep. In that, like their whole thing of mm-hmm. like, this is where games that don't really have a home on the App Store yeah. now have a home because like. Right. You know, we want these like really good premium experiences and not to say that they don't still have, you know, good premium yeah. experiences, but they've kind of figured out that like the games that people want to play are games like grindstone, you know, yeah. like yeah. free to play games that aren't really free to play that right. kind of exists in this weird world where it's like all the same sh- shenanigans that keep you playing, but you just yeah. can't spend more money in them, which right. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of shit. I like playing on mobile. So whatever. <laughs> I, you know, it, it, the problem is I think there's very much rooms room for both. And sure. there's very much people that want both because yeah. sometimes you want to just fire up a puzzle game that you can just play for a few minutes or whatever. Um, sometimes you want to fire up like this epic triple A game or whatever. So um, the problem is like trying to make those. I, I think the audiences are vastly different sizes for those things, but mm-hmm. there is some crossover and uh, making the numbers work, I think is the big problem and throwing money at it and hoping it all catches on. So people subscribe doesn't seem like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, very I, well. they, you probably are getting into a similar kind of situation with like some of these like art house films, right. Where it's like yeah. people love that these things exist, but yeah. it is like a very niche group of people that are very enthusiastic about the movies that are basically made for the award shows and, and yeah. for a very right. narrow yeah. window of extreme film enthusiast critic types right yeah um and it's it's hard to argue that a lot of those things are like super mass market which is like why you don't see a lot of the kind of weirder kind of experimental stuff quite as much anymore Mm -hmm. um i don't know there's really interesting interview with like ben affleck i 
I want to say it was Ben Affleck about this, where he was talking about like the reason those movies were able to exist is because they'd have multiple beats of monetization where like they kind of mm-hmm. kind of bomb in the movie theater, mm-hmm. kind of bomb on DVD release, kind of sort of bomb on like the, you know, uh, special edition with all the extra features released, but like three of them together mm-hmm. was like, cool, this weird art house movie actually made a little bit of money so we can keep yeah, doing this. Right? right. But now that they've removed like, you know, basically no theatrical release anymore, no real way to sell a fucking DVD it's streaming yeah. or like maybe a couple bucks <laughs> rental. Yeah. It's like yeah. the the numbers just don't add yeah. up anymore. And it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of the indie games that Apple originally had their sights on or the style of game that Apple had their sights on in Apple Arcade kind of fell between the cracks in a similar way where it's like, yeah, just, you know, not enough people that really appreciate these kind of things to yeah. balance the books on their existence, you know? Yeah. Is a no, bummer, that but... makes a lot of sense. It is a bummer, but it is kind of reality, I guess. So, yeah. Um, anywho, uh, the last thing I want to talk about real quick was that um, Pocket City 2 is on the way and they released a new trailer. And uh, holy moly, have you watched this? Did you watch this yet? Uh, which game, Pocket City 2? So, um, the original Pocket City was like probably the best city builder for mobile like built specifically for mobile it's like um really easy to play really great uh interface and stuff for touchscreen and i'll forever insane i'll forever correlate that game with um when i went to sweden in 2018 because i played it nonstop on the flight there and just like played on the nonstop of the flight back and just blew myself out on it i was i i burned myself out didn't play much after that, but like loved those intense 24 hours or whatever it was that I was flying that I played this thing. And so I always think of that time of when um, I played that first game. And so the sequel has been in the works for a while. I didn't realize how crazy it is. So it, it's essentially the same sort of top down or isometric, I guess, city builder that the first one was. Um, and you build your city and blah, blah, blah. But then you actually have an in-game avatar and the game is actually in 3D now. And what happens is you can enter your city that you built and drive around in it like it's Grand Theft Auto or something and walk around, partake in activities. Like you can shoot hoops at the basketball court. You can like... Uh, yeah, this do, is do, really cool. Yeah, do all this crazy stuff. It, it zooms down into this big 3D city that you created. And um, it's it's like... It made me think like, how did nobody think of this before? People, open world games like exploded and it was always about like, oh, this new open world game's coming out. The city is so cool that they designed for you to go and explore or whatever. And it's like, well, why not combine city builders with open world games so you can just design your own city and make yeah, your yeah. own stuff to explore? That kind of seems like what this is. Um, so I don't know. I I just, I guess I hadn't been keeping good tabs on this, but I was totally blown away when I watched the trailer and I'm like, Holy crap, this looks so, amazing. Uh, my question is a big part of the original Pocket City, potentially mm-hmm. to the detriment of the overall success of the game, was like they really leaned into this is not a free-to-play game. There's absolutely yeah. no in-app purchases, all this stuff. Right. Right. Uh, is that going to be true of the sequel as well? I don't know. I, I need to look into it more to see if there's any kind of details about that sort of stuff. Um <clears throat> there's a website where you can sign up for news updates and things like that. And it looks like the uh, target release is sometime mid 2023. Um, 
so yeah i don't know i uh because it doesn't i mean looking at the screenshots or i mean the 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 ui in the game like that doesn't look like there's multiple currencies or anything so maybe this is another i would be i mean i wouldn't pocket city i think it was largely one guy and mm. i think it was five bucks when it first came out i think it's like three now but um i think it like went viral or whatever it sold a lot of copies um compared to what they were like expecting um so perhaps that's just funded this ability to do all this stuff or whatever um but anyway it looks super cool yeah i'm actually i need to scope out this website a little bit more too because it looks like there's a lot of information but um what a cool idea for a game uh build your city and then go live in your city i guess as the mayor pretty sweet so anyway pocket city 2 if you didn't have it on your radar like me check it out check out the trailer and then follow along because i think that's going to be a good one and, yeah this uh, is this is extremely cool yeah crazy um that's it that's all i got for this week you got anything else to add yeah, no I'm, I'm good my throat hurts now both my kids are sick i'm pretty sure that now i'm getting sick which is awesome right yeah <laughs> all right so with that uh thank you guys for listening to this week's episode and as always help us out by supporting us on patreon at patreon.com forward slash touch arcade we've had some new patrons lately so appreciate nice. all that support um and you can also help us out by doing your amazon shopping um at toucharcade.com forward slash amazon oh and we haven't got any emails in a while so shoot us an email we like hearing from you podcast at toucharcade.com and we'll read your email on the air if it's not too filthy or mean um so with all that said thanks again for listening and we'll catch you on the next episode of the touch arcade show yeah